You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to site now. We got all your NFL draft post coverage there. The look at the late round steals, my draft grades overall for every team, ranking them 1 to 32, all the draft classes, as well as individual analysis of all the picks there in depth, rounds 1, 2, and 3. We did a lot of breaking down there for you on a night one and night two of the draft. We had our Friday expanded edition there to break down the first round. Then we came back and looked at round two and round three there, the notable offensive skill players taken. We focused more on those players, and we'll do that again here on today's show. So a lot of action there on Saturday to conclude the draft, rounds four through seven. A lot of offensive skill players off the board and more intriguing options than we think here. So a lot of good talent there, running back, wide receiver. Yeah, a few more quarterbacks uh, came off the board as well, and then tight end. So we'll look at those four positions, all the picks there for you in those uh, final four rounds. So we'll get into it. We'll go rapid fire, get to all of them. So at least one line on every one of those players taken a little bit more focus, of course, on round number four, where there were some good values from the second and third round uh, boards there that fell and uh, could have some impact here. So what we'll do is uh, we'll look uh, into uh, round four, then we'll finish up with that round to get into the next round, and then uh, we will uh, close looking at all the picks of note offensive skill-wise in round six, round seven. So busy show. We'll get into it right now. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. All right, so round four started with a bang here for fantasy football purposes that we're going to watch carefully, and that would be the selection of Michael Carter, the running back from North Carolina. He goes to the Jets, not to be confused with Michael Carter, the safety from Duke, the Michael Carter 2, they drafted a little later, but good situation. We were waiting to see what the Jets did. They did sign Tevin Coleman here from last year. It's uh, just Ty Johnson, Michael P. Ryan there. So backfield opening, someone to dominate the touches for the Jets. New offense here with Michael Flores, Zach Wilson starting over at quarterback. Your new number one receiver is Corey Davis. You also drafted Elijah Moore. We were excited about him and what he can do in the slot. So... This offense, I think everything is up for grabs at the skill positions here. They revamped their offensive line with uh, Makai Becton last year, Elijah Vera Tucker this year. So Elijah Vera Tucker this year. So they're pretty good there in a good running system. So we're going to be watching with great interest. The Jets are going to be much improved offensively with Lafleur. Wilson, I think, gives them uh, more buzz as well over Sam Darnold. So we'll watch Michael Carter. He's an explosive runner for sure. So good compliment to Coleman. Coleman, again, has a lot of durability issues dating back to his days with the 49ers. I don't think he's going to be that back we saw at his peak with the Falcons complimenting Devonta Freeman. So definitely an opening here for key touches. Carter, very explosive, can handle three downs. Not much separating him 
and Devonta Williams, the other North Carolina back who went to Denver. Williams more the classic power back, Carter more the explosive change of pace. Big playback, but also has some abilities to hold up. So we're definitely going to be watching what Michael Carter does with the Jets. A sleeper right away in fantasy if he can earn out a key role in that zone-blocking running game. The next pick there in the in round four was a guy I thought would go much earlier, Amon Ra St. Brown. He's a slot receiver, tough guy in the Juju Smith-Schuster mold. Not a surprise coming out of USC. The Lions needed wide receivers across the board here after losing Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Danny Amendola. And we talked about the Lions going after wide receiver earlier. They avoided that. They went Panay Sewell, an offensive tackle, and then went defensive tackle. So they get St. Brown here. So he's obviously got a chance to have a key role. They did sign Brashad Perriman, which was kind of an homage and tie-in to Brett Perriman. He used to play for the Lions. So his son is there as well as uh, Tyrell Williams. So not a lot there. A lot of vacated targets we know. TJ Hawkinson could end up being the go-to guy for sure for Jared Goff at tight end. And then you have DeAndre Swift out of the backfield. But Evan Ross Brown has some opportunity here to make some catches, be productive here. Not a big play guy with a lot of speed the way Juju Smith-Schuster was, but we're definitely going to watch him. We're not thrilled because it's Jared Goff, but Goff did have the big connection with Cooper Cup there out of the slot in Los Angeles. So Evan Ross Brown, not a bad landing spot for him in that spot. Now, the next player taken was Kenny Nwangu. He's running back there that went to the Vikings out of Iowa State, so... I don't think he's a threat necessarily to Alexander Madison as the top backup to Dalvin Cook. He doesn't really catch passes all that well. He's a good runner, straight up power back. So trying to replenish the depth there. So again, we'll watch that. They might give Nuango a chance here to displace Madison as the top option. They kind of went committee there to replace Dalvin Cook when needed. Madison was a bit disappointing. We thought he was one of the better handcuffs and plug and play. And wasn't the case, so maybe looking for a little bit more juice on the early down replacement power back for Dalvin Cook. So watch him and see if he gets into the handcuff conversation. The Patriots further uh, complicated their offense here by adding uh, Ramondre Stevenson, the power back from Oklahoma. So a couple interesting power backs went on this day, but you look at uh, Stevenson for sure could step into an immediate role there. So kind of LeGarrette Blunt type when they were using the power back system. More pure straight ahead between the tackles, a guy that you can put in there in the running game. This is going to be a run-oriented team, whether it's Mac Jones or Cam Newton starting. The run is going to be the bread and butter, so they wanted some more complimentary running for Damian Harris, who's more like the Rex Burkhead with Burkhead gone. and that. So you look at James White still in the mix as the receiver. So, yeah, power back, touchdowns, that's going to be his ticket here to producing. But... Good back from Oklahoma, go to the Patriots, and always a tough situation to navigate through the Patriots' backfield in fantasy football. The Washington football team added John Bates. He's a tight end, so they were looking for some depth here behind Logan Thomas. I don't think he's going to be a threat to Thomas. He's more of an inline blocker. Thomas is more that converted quarterback athlete that they like to get in space, so Bates need a little bit of inline help. Uh, they uh, went away from Jeremy Sprinkle, so... Back up to Thomas, nothing more there for Washington. Another handcuff alert here behind elite runner is Chuba Hubbard. Very productive back from Oklahoma State, the Canadian sensation. He goes to the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers were going to draft a running back at some point. They were not going to go ahead with the mix they had behind Christian McCaffrey last year without Mike Davis. That was not going to happen. They had some young options that they liked, uh, Trent Cannon and... 
only got Rodney Smith, but no, there needed an upgrade there. So Chuba Hubbard steps in, good chance to be the top backup here for Christian McCaffrey. You know McCaffrey's durability issues, so this role is pretty important given what Mike Davis did as a plug-and-play runner there for them last year. Then you had uh, Kylan Grayson. He's a tight end. He went to the Colts. The Colts trying to replenish tight ends. Still have Jack Doyle and Mo Alley Cox, but moved on here from having Trey Burton in the mix. So looking at the Colts, I mean, developmental type, I don't see a lot for him there. A lot of crowd there, not only at tight end, but at wide receiver and at catching pass to the backfield when including Naeem Hines and Jonathan Taylor. So developmental tight end pretty much for Frank Reich, but their type of tight end because they want to have some options for the 12 personnel and 11 personnel. That's what Grayson gives them. The next pick was a wide receiver here to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, they did bring back Antonio Brown for another year, so they got all the receivers back. Uh, Brown and Scotty Miller with the Tyler Johnson and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. But they took another wide receiver here, Jalen Darn, a little bit of a smaller receiver. Could replace Brown in a bigger role or Miller at some point. Developmental guy. Some people were scared by the size, but he definitely has a lot of big playability. He's one of my favorite sleepers from North Texas here in the draft, so... The Bucks stashing a little bit for the future. We know they got Kyle Trask, the quarterback, in the second round to groom behind Tom Brady. So they're keeping their options open at wide receiver with their depth packages here. For now, uh, Chris Godwin playing under the franchise tag. They hope to re-sign him long-term, but they want to keep all their options open. So got Brown coming back, Miller in the mix, Tyler Johnson they like, and now Darden as an option that uh, can develop well in this passing game for Bruce Arians. The final uh, player we'll talk about here, not quite completing with this round, we are going to talk about how we finished that round uh, with a quarterback and a wide receiver there. But wide receiver went next there to the Baltimore Ravens. Yet another one. They took Rashad Bateman. So they get Tylen Wallace. I thought he was a number two type possession receiver, but a little bit more big play juice. I think Bateman's more the traditional catch radius type guy, going to go up and get the ball, run good routes. I think Wallace has a little home run ability, so... Interesting collection of wide receivers. They got Marquise Hollywood Brown. They got Devin Duvernay. They got Miles Boykin. They have James Prochet. You have uh, Sammy Watkins signed. You have Bateman in the mix. A lot of receiving options here. So the dust has to settle a little bit here with the Ravens and their depth chart of the position. But right now, I said Bateman is a first round pick, locked into probably a big role. They're probably starting opposite Hollywood Brown. So then you look at Watkins versus Boykin. I think the younger receivers they drafted are a little bit of trouble. Watkins does have the history of Greg Roman, but Wallace is a Watkins-type receiver as well. So I think what's developing here is that Wallace has some, some slot ability as well. So you're looking at potential uh, Bateman, Wallace, and Brown uh, combination going forward at some point. And it's going to be an interesting battle there, but certainly nothing to see here. I think Bateman could have some return here behind Hollywood Brown, but Elsewhere, Watkins, Wallace, Boykin, and the rest not looking too much for them. Low-volume passing game with Lamar Jackson. All right, we will uh, get into our next wave of uh, guys to look at here, taking on day three. We're just going straight down the line in the order they were drafted. So quarterback, we need to talk about several more uh, skill position players as well. I do have to tell you that, hey, fantasy football fans, you got to listen up. Eugenics, the number one free 
testosterone booster selling at GNC is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America like you. To get your complimentary bottle of eugenics total T text draft 231231, this unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels, increase energy, and lean muscle mass. Plus, next now, they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. All you have to do is text out DRAFT, that's D-R-A-F-T, DRAFT to 231231, that's DRAFT to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Again, check it out. If you're over 40, don't let age get in the way. Get your edge back with Eugenics. There's a reason. Eugenics has been the number one selling free testosterone booster for GNC for years. It works. This episode of the Locked On Fantasy Football is also brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. We just finished also the Triple Crown opener of the Kentucky Derby. We've got the next two coming up, the Preakness and Belmont, so check that out. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs of playoffs in the NBA and NHL. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is enter the promo code Locked On and you get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. But online, you're online sportsbook experts. All right, let's continue here looking at the picks there as we round out round number four, quarterback. So we wanted to lead with this in our next segment. Uh, the Saints take Ian Book from Notre Dame. Undersized guy, gritty playmaker, tough, runs pretty well, m- manages the game well. Has some accuracy, throwing, using his weapon. So a little bit of Taysom Hill in him, a little bit of Drew Brees in him. Not much of Jameis Winston in him, I'll tell you that. But you look at Ian Buck, again, gritty playmaker, Sean Payton's type of developmental quarterback. This complicates things a little bit. We still think it's going to be Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill only in this battle. But it is a fourth-round pick on Book, so they're excited about the pick. They think he has some characteristics that they can bring along well for Sean Payton. And we know what happened with Taysom Hill. When they took him as a gadget player, he developed there into something they wanted to use. So you can't sleep on Book getting involved in this mix. We also know that Winston and Hill, their contracts are not long-term. So they could think about Book if they get him in the mix. And we know from experience with the Russell Wilson situation, you can't sleep on any of these uh, type of quarterbacks taken, especially if they open up the battle and make it truly open between these three guys with Winston and and Hill in the mix. So right now, Book is just a watch guy. We'll see if he gets in the mix for anything of note. But I think this means that the Winston-Taysom Hill loser of that battle is probably not going to be long here for New Orleans beyond 2021. The next pick was to the Los Angeles Rams. They went nuts on wide receivers. They took Jacob Harris here, a big-sized dude with some big playability here. So remember, they lost Josh Reynolds, but they... Do have Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Van Jefferson, last year's promising draft pick. And they also took Tutu Atwell, speedster, quickness guy out of uh, Louisville in this draft as well with their first pick here. So 
Yeah, bit of a crowd there with the Rams. I still think you're going to lean on your principles more. This probably hurts Jefferson more than anything else, but it's more still of a Woods Cup team, but it is a new quarterback with Matthew Stafford. I think you'll probably favor the veterans, but opens up a little bit the opportunity for these youngsters to get involved in the Rams offense under Sean McVay. All right, as we go into the next round, we had uh, Luke Farrell. He's a tight end from Ohio State. He went to the Jaguars. I said the Jaguars needed to upgrade tight end. I think they were going to go to an Urban Meyer uh, program here to get him. I don't know what they saw in Luke Farrell. I think he's a very limited receiver. Doesn't have a lot of upside, but the Jaguars went with him, so not looking forward to him doing much over James O'Shaughnessy and other in Jacksonville. I do get a little excited about this next guy. I thought he should have been the third tight end off the board after Kyle Pitts and Pat Freermuth. Freermuth going to the Steelers after uh, Pitts went to the Falcons. Uh, Brevin Jordan of Miami, purely, purely a receiving talent there, not an inline player, went to the Texans. The Texans have had a bit of a crowd there with the Jordans, Jordan Thomas, Jordan Nakins, and Darren Fells. But they've uh, kind of cleared that up a little bit. So new coaching regime, new style of offense. Brevin Jordan is more dynamic receiver. They need receiving help because pretty much you have uh, just Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, and Kiki QT. They did add uh, some receiving help in this draft in uh, Nico Collins, a big target there. But maybe uh, reshaping this offense a little bit, some possession types inside. So we're going to watch Brevin Jordan just because he's a highly talented receiver, much more of an appealing pick there. And I thought the Jaguars might add him, but instead he goes to another AFC South team. We did have a kicker go. It was Evan McPherson going to the Bengals. So the Bengals trying to shake things up there. In their field goal game, we'll watch them. If uh, the Bengals score a lot of points here, McPherson shows an accurate leg. He could come to the mix here into the top 12 and kickers if you still use them in your league. The next pick was probably your best candidate to be an all-around handcuff to Miles Sanders and the Eagles. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell of Memphis. I thought he should have been the second or third round pick. He lands here into round five so eagles get a good valuable backup so if you're looking for a handcuff i think boston scott you look at him uh, jordan howard back in the mix but i'd feel more comfortable if something happened to sanders at some point where gainwell assuming he has a good camp and all that can stand up and be the back the vikings had a lot of picks the next one was emir smith marset he's kind of one of those open field playmaker types in the return game but he's a candidate maybe we'll look out here. We know Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson can play the slot, and they're looking for that third receiver. So Smith-Marset does have some of those qualities there to help one of those guys bounce inside. They have B.C. Johnson some others, but more developmental type. But I like the guy from Iowa, good playmaker there. The Chiefs are developing a new backup for Travis Kelsey. His name is Noah Gray. They took him here in the draft there. So we'll watch him, but again, nothing to see there on their depth chart here. Just a extra guy to help with uh, their tight end duties there behind uh, Kelsey, which is a thin uh, depth chart for the Chiefs. Now the Vikings picked again, and they ended up with Zach Davidson. He's a tight end, and they need some tight end help. So pretty much trying to replace Kyle Rudolph, but the fact that they waited till the fifth round says that Irv Smith clearly locked in as their high-end tight end one here. So we'll see the usage of Smith. Still a 12-personnel team a lot, so that also hurts Amir Smith-Marset can see a lot of Thielen and Jefferson make sure uh, Irv Smith is on the team there. They need someone to put with him. They also have Tyler Conklin there, tight end. So reinforcing there, but Irv Smith certainly could have a big role as a receiver for the Vikings here, breaking out uh, without Rudolph in 2021. The next pick 
here that I'll talk about is a big receiver went to the Cowboys. Simi Fioko of Stanford, big size, 6'4", so a little bit of an outside option. Michael Gallup may not be in the works to sign him with Amari Cooper having the big deal. Also need to take care of CeeDee Lamb at some point, so might want to mix it up where Lamb can play a slot, get a bigger target to complement Cooper on the outside. So Fioko, good developmental guy to have there behind Michael Gallup and really help uh, the future of this past game with Dak Prescott as a nice stash there for the Cowboys. All right, the next pick of note here was uh, Cornell Powell, a wide receiver from Clemson. I really liked him. He came on the board strong here. Marty Rogers, the guy that went to the Packers there early with Aaron Rodgers, a little bit different type of receiver. Powell, more that classic, bigger size outside guy. So, again, Powell bringing him along. They do uh, confirm that the Chiefs do, that uh, they do like Miko Hardman having a bigger role to his complement Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey with Sammy Watkins gone. Demarcus Robinson still in the mix. So, Powell development type. I think at some point he could start to Robinson only back on a one-year deal. We'll see about Hardman if they keep him. It might be a redundancy with Hill going forward. But, yeah, so Miko Hardman we're more interested in given the way the Chiefs addressed wide receiver in this draft uh, much later here in the fifth round with Powell. But Powell's a guy I liked a lot and one guy that we'll keep our eyes on developing well for the Chiefs for the best quarterback in the game, Patrick Mahomes. All right, we do need to run down the last set of picks there for you in round six and round seven, so we'll do that in our final segment here. But before we do that, i got to tell you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar ever. The improved Built Bar is even deliciouser. Six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bar, sea, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. If all these sound like desserts, they are. They're delicious. They're a good way... To healthily eat something that's going to power you through your day, whether you have it to, for breakfast, a lunchtime snack, or a pre-dinner snack, or after dinner, Built Bar is going to take care of you in the best possible way, and it tastes great. And Built Bar is great for anybody who's health conscious. All the bars you get from Built Bar are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. All the bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for anyone on a keto diet. Just take the flavor profile of their New flavor here, Cherry Barcia, 17 grams protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams sugar, only 4 grams net carbs. And if you go to BuiltBar.com now and use the promo code BLOCK15, you'll get 15% off your next order. And that's LOCK15, L-C-K-E-D, all caps. The number's 15 15% off your next order. doesn't matter if you've had a pack before. Keep saving and keep stocking up here on your Built Bars. Uh, get your mixed pack there. Try all the flavors. If you haven't tried them all, go for it. You're not going to find... A built bar that isn't totally delicious. And again, the protein bar that tastes like a dessert. Again, use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. We'll be right back here to close the show looking at the round six and seven offensive skill picks from the 2021 NFL Draft. All right, let us uh, continue and close the show here. A lot of fun. I love breaking down the draft, especially now that we have teams and picks together let's continue here round six you had uh, a receiver go to the falcons frank darby they're just uh, building some depth there behind uh, julio jones and calvin ridley they did use a big pick on kyle pitts so developing some receivers they only have olamita zacchaeus and christian blake and justin gage some of these other guys behind the falcons so yeah a little bit of developmental depth Name sounds a little like Justin Hardy. You didn't quite work out there for the Falcons, but that type of player here late for them. The 49ers, we talked about Trey Sermon in that pick 
in round three. Well, they used another pick on a running back, sixth rounder, Elijah Mitchell. So if Trey Sermon is like the Tevin Coleman, then Elijah Mitchell would be more like the Matt Breida. So now you're getting crowd again. They've rebuilt this crowd. They have Jeff Wilson Jr. already behind Raheem Mostert. So it's goodbye to Coleman and Breida and McKinnon. Enter now Sermon and Mitchell. So And the running ability of Trey Lance. Don't forget about that from the 49ers. So if you thought you were in the clear with Raheem Mostert as a potential RB2, we know the injury durability issues don't say that, especially with Wilson being quite productive. And now you have Sermon and Mitchell in the mix. So still a lot to be sorted out in San Francisco with the depth there and a tough running back situation to navigate still for the 49ers. The Giants also took a running back here, Gary Brightwell. So they've talked up Devin Devontae Booker as the top uh, backup here to Saquon Barkley this year. Cleaned up that entire mess behind Barkley, Wayne Gallman and such. All those guys are gone. So Gary Brightwell gives them another option, a young developmental option behind Booker, who still figures to be the number two and preferred handcuff for one Saquon Barkley, who's coming off that torn ACL that he suffered in week two of the 2020 season against the Bears. Now the Chargers added some depth to their backfield. Kalen Balaji moved on. They have been disappointed with Joshua Kelly. We know where their backfield wants to go, but right now their most reliable guys are Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. So Larry Roundtree from Missouri, he goes to Chargers, a depth player there. Nothing to see there, assuming Eckler is healthy. And then Jackson next here for the Chargers. Chargers playing off Justin Herbert. The next pick was the Bengals replacing Gio Bernard here with Chris Evans. No, not Captain America, but the running back from Michigan behind Joe Mixon. So a little bit of new backup help for Joe Mixon. They've had Rodney Anderson in there, uh, different guys they've drafted. But he has a chance here to carve out a number two role. If you could know back in the day, the Bengals had Chris Perry from Michigan. So he was once a valuable backup to uh, what they were Doing back in the day, a totally different style of offense, but dips into the Michigan well here again for Evans, who, again, could end up being as a valuable number two behind Joe Mixon. The next pick at offensive skill was the Bills taking Marquez Stevenson, a big play receiver. So they got some depth already there. They uh, got Emmanuel Sanders there to replace John Brown. You already have, uh, of course, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis. So Isaiah McKenzie. So it's hard to get... Stevenson in the mix, developmental receiver there. Now the next pick by the Panthers at wide receiver, Shy Smith, there is very intriguing, out of South Carolina. So their second pick from South Carolina after first-round cornerback J.C. Horn. I like Smith as a guy inside. They need to replace Curtis Samuel. They also drafted Terrace Marshall there, Jr. So you also have Robbie Anderson, D.J. Moore. So a bit of a crowd. Smith, a developmental slot here. And we'll see what happens with Marshall, the second-rounder see what his role is, but basically I have three outside receivers, so Smith has an opportunity there to carve out a role, but again, you also have a crowd at tight end developing with Tommy Tremble and Dan Arnold, so maybe too many mouths to feed, and we're not sure where Sam Darnold is going to go with his wide receiver priorities here. The Titans did draft a receiver earlier to try to replace uh, Corey Davis in uh, Des Fitzpatrick from Louisville. Well, they added uh, one from uh, LSU as well here. This was a little bit different style of receiver. Remember, they did lose two receivers there, Adam Humphreys in the slot. They didn't go after Elijah Moore earlier, so McMath has a chance to do that. But mainly the special teams guy return going to help in that capacity there, playing off uh, A.J. Brown and uh, Fitzpatrick there. So, again, uh, I would not expect much from McMath here in Tennessee early or ever as more of a special teams player. 
The Jaguars wanted Kadarius Tony. That was uh, breaking news here that Urban Meyer was eyeing Kadarius Tony before they went with Travis Etienne. We would have preferred Tony as the big slot they needed there to put in between their existing receivers, uh, led by DJ Chark and Marvin Jones, both juniors here. You also have uh, LaVisca Cheneau. So they didn't really need wide receivers pressing. So instead they take a developmental type. So I still think the 11 personnel in Jacksonville for Trevor Lawrence initially will be Chark and Jones and Cheneau moving inside on a regular roll. The next pick by the Browns was a hybrid player, Demetri Felton, a wide receiver running back from... UCLA, I think he's going to be more of a hybrid option. It's interesting. They also think Anthony Schwartz, a little bit of a Swiss Army knife at wide receiver. Felton, a little bit running back, a little bit of wide receiver. I think he's mainly a boosted return game, not a threat necessarily to what Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are doing. And the next pick is a handcuff watch. Khalil Herbert, the running back to Virginia Tech, he goes to the Bears. So we're going to watch him and maybe developing as the solid number two, at least the well-rounded number two, not the change of pace guy that Terry Cohen is to David Montgomery. So we'll watch that with Khalil Herbert. The Colts took a quarterback. So another quarterback off the board here, Sam Ellinger to Indianapolis. Quite a few were signed as undrafted free agent, but Ellinger drafted here. Need to develop a new guy for Frank Reich behind uh, Carson Wentz. Dual threat Ellinger was at Texas. So very productive player. A lot of played a lot of football, tough. Quick, can make a lot of plays. Good dual threat development here, but nothing to see here behind Carson Wentz. The Broncos uh, then took Seth Williams, a wide receiver out of uh, Auburn there. So he went well after his teammate Anthony Schwartz. I thought Seth Williams could be a second or third round pick, but a little bit of deep threat. Compares favorably to former Bronco Emmanuel Sanders. They are pretty crowded there with Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton coming back and Jerry Judy and... uh, you also have the two younger uh, slot receivers there, Deshaun Hamilton in the mix, as well as K.J. Hamler. So pretty crowded situation, not the best for Seth Williams there, but Broncos did uh, get a Sanders-type guy there for John Elway. The final uh, six-rounder from offensive skill was Daz Newsom. This is another player we're going to watch. The Bears were in the market for a wide receiver early. They decided to go up and get Justin Fields. Got Tevin Jenkins at right tackle, but they also need a slot. They don't like Anthony Miller there between... Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney. So Daz Newsom, I thought, could have been a second-round pick. They get him. He's a steal. So we're going to watch his role here. But for now, I think it's the Robinson show as a wide receiver one. You got Mooney probably as a wide receiver three. And you're looking at Cole Komet as a borderline, the back-end tight end one, potentially this offense. So we'll cool the Jets on Newsom, but I think he can raise the profile and value of Justin Fields if he can get on the field as a dual threat and use these weapons here in 2021. Finally, let's run down here the seven round picks here that were offensive skill. Michael Strahan, not Michael Strahan. He's a wide receiver from Charleston in West Virginia. He went to the Colts. So big play guy who has some body there that can stretch the field. T.Y. Hilton's only on a one more year deal, but they have Zach Pascal, hopefully Paris Campbell returning in a role. You got Michael Pittman, the big slot receiver as well. You got all the tight ends. So developmental guy. We'll see if Strahan can make the team here with his size and speed. This was a very fun name to say when he was drafted, and they kind of uh, made fun of him on the telecast, but Jake Funk, he's the guy, not from State Farm, but now going to the Rams. So Jake Funk from Maryland gets drafted here, and uh, back up there, one of those try-hard, high-effort backups, but also underrated. He's a little bit of Rex Burkity in, a, in many ways. He's got some speed, some ability, 
there to run hard. He's got some natural running game ability here. So good, valuable backup. But again, pretty buried on the step chart behind that Cam Akers. They need to replace Malcolm Brown. He's got some Malcolm Brown-like qualities. So Cam Akers figures to be a heavy number one and RB2 appeal here with uh, Daryl Henderson being his uh, top backup. But could definitely see a Henderson-Funk committee replacing uh, Acres if something happened to him, but I could also see Funk not making the team there as a seventh rounder. But intriguing player for sure for the Rams as Sean McVay uh, sorts out all his new offensive weaponry here. The next pick here was uh, Trey Nixon uh, to the Patriots. Uh, maybe a potential slot guy. They didn't really look at wide receiver much in this draft here. So potential slot guy to replace Julian Edelman. Remember, they found Julian Edelman as a diamond in the rough. So Trey Nixon... You can't sleep on any Patriots receiver if he gets an opportunity that we have there. The next pick was also to the AFC East, Jared Dokes, a running back to the Dolphins, a power back there. We thought that's where they would go here to compliment Miles Gaskin. Here, so Gaskin holds on to his job nicely. The Dolphins invest earlier in the running back, so Gaskin still features to be figures to be the feature guy here. And uh Dokes maybe being a power back, but they could also cut him and go a different direction there. So and Gaskin is uh, valuable here as a lead here, RB2 potential, much like Akers here in 2021. The Rams were back on the clock there to take Ben Skoranek, formerly of a Northwestern. He ended his career at Notre Dame. Big target. All he does is catch touchdowns. Body positioning type guy, so red zone option. So, again, we saw they took Jacob Harris. They took Tutu Atwell. So yet another receiver here to put with uh, Woods, Cup and Jefferson, so pretty much a crowd there for the Rams. So they're going to have to sort this out. It's a chronic developmental guy. I'm not sure he's going to make the team. I'm not really sure if Harris is going to make the team either, but certainly an opportunity there for some depth and helpfulness for Matthew Stafford. So trying to adjust to their style of quarterback, and Harris and Skoranek do that with Stafford in instead of Goff. Next pick, the Saints, I thought, would go after wide receiver earlier. I mentioned a lot of uh, receivers here that I thought could be their targets, that uh, Seth Williams would be good for them. Instead, they end up with uh, Kwan Baker here in the seventh round. Has some of the Sanders-like qualities. Number two is not solidified. They have Traquan Smith. I think you'll see a bigger role for the tight end, Adam Troutman, playing off Michael Thomas. So we'll see about that. But I think Michael Thomas is your one. Alvin Kamara is essentially your two out of the backfield. Troutman with a bigger role. And we'll see about... Uh, Traquan Smith trying to battle these other options, or Traquan has never materialized as a fantasy asset, so some opportunity here for Baker to climb up this depth chart with the Saints quickly here for Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis. The next pick was the Packers pretty much replacing uh, Jamal Williams, who they lost to the Lions. So Williams goes to the Lions as a backup for DeAndre Swift. So they add Kylan Hill as the backup now to both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in Green Bay. So Simple uh, exchange there. Speaking of the Lions, they were the next team to pick, and they added a third back here behind Swift and Williams in uh, Jamar Jefferson of Oregon State. So pretty decent guy. His more Swift skill set, while Jamal Williams is more versatile, a little bit more power back, swing back up here. Jefferson is more directly kind of the Swift skill set there for more depth for the Lions offense under Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell, and Anthony Lynn. Finally, the Washington football team, they did draft a speed receiver there, Diami Brown, earlier, a pure deep threat here to put with the, the quickness and speed of uh, Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. Well, Dax Millen is more of that grindy type possession receiver, so if they end up with Samuel in the slot, which is his natural position, and you put uh, McLaurin out there, I think Millen has a chance to beat out uh, 
Diami Brown, a little bit of flashy receiver there, more of a solid gritty one. Millen, remember, was a key receiver for Zach Wilson at BYU last season. So we'll be watching Dax Millen. I think he should have gone a lot earlier there. I liked him actually better all around than Diami Brown. So we'll watch that battle here as uh, he was the penultimate pick. Uh, the Mr. Relevant, by the way, was a the linebacker there, Grant Stewart of Houston. He went to the Super Bowl 55 champion Buccaneers. So Milne, the penultimate pick in the draft, and the last pick that we'll break down here for you immediately with our reaction to the 2021 NFL draft here on Locked On Fantasy Football. Also on this network, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes of the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport including the NFL Draft, with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so thanks so much for listening. That wraps up our look now. Yeah, immediate snap, judgments, reaction, whatever you want to call it, of the 2020 NFL Draft. If you missed our first round in-depth breakdown, check that out. If you missed our day two breakdown of second and third round, our special Saturday edition, that's up there as well that you can check on the feed. This is up there as well. So as I mentioned, we'll turn our attention first to uh, to uh, kind of the odds for Rookie of the Year. So we'll break those down. Uh, so that gives you an indication where we think the roles are, what Vegas thinks there. So look at uh, what Bet Online is saying there on tomorrow's show. Then start coming up with some rookie rankings for you. So put all these guys in blenders so here, see where we stand, come up with the top 25 or 30 here of guys we want to target among these rookies uh, when we build our overall board for 2021 so a lot of good stuff coming here we'll talk a lot more about rookies we'll eventually get into the overall rankings update so look for that uh, coming up soon as well here on the show but thanks so much for listening to this edition of lockdown fantasy football this has been Vinny Iyer have a great day see you tomorrow